Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was gonna die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Wake up, Jake. I'm tired, uh, dude. What's going on, fellas? We've got some uh, scheduling news to start the show tonight. Georgia and Florida are going streaky. They are continuing their streak in Jacksonville <laughs> at least until 2025. We weren't sure. We heard some rumors, heard some reports that it might uh, leave the uh, confines of TIAA Everbank Jacksonville Gator Bowl Stadium, but uh, it's sticking around. So, guys, th- there was that news today, and then there's the news that Penn State and Michigan State will play in Detroit on Black Friday. A lot of people were mad about that one. Georgia fans, I think, were just kind of like, all right, whatever. And I think that when you have both of those matchups kind of I guess pitted against one another when you look at the news today. I don't know that I don't know that the fact that there was no buzz around the Georgia Florida game is a good thing. I think it probably would have been better. We would have gotten a better indicator if people did react to it the way they did about Penn State and Michigan State. What do y'all think? I didn't even know that the Penn State Michigan State thing had happened. I didn't um, either. Yeah, we were we were like uh, neck deep in recruiting stuff and and you know trying to get the georgia news out but man i'm telling you um from what i've heard in the past 48 hours uh i would not um i would not put a lot of i I would not start inviting my friends and family to uh to future georgia florida um home and home games i wouldn't quite do that yet just Mm. saying uh and, and and today's news doesn't affect that really at all um, I'm not sure they're going to be stadium re- renovations, period. Um, I'm not sure when they're going to be if they are there. I think this the the renewal of this thing kind of pushes it past 2025. Wes, you and I had a phone conversation today where I kind of talked to you about some of the stuff I had heard. Um, I think there's some politics being played uh, with the uh, with the um, you know with the renovations and the and the you know the current mayor talking about the come 
the the renovations right now. There's a lot going on there, man. And I don't necessarily think that uh, ultimately um, that the University of Georgia, I know what Kirby wants. Um, I don't know that Kirby wants it so bad that he's going to quite get it, though. We'll see. A lot can change. Is that not the narrative, though, around Georgia fans? What Kirby wants, Kirby gets, and he wants this so bad. It's interesting to hear that you don't think he's that desperate about it. And, and when we read the uh, breaking news from our guy, Claude Felton, a Georgia legend, great American. News item in five. Uh, the subject of the email just said news. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, and, and it was funny because it was right around the time that we were waiting on a commitment or I think the commitment had just happened. It, so I was like, gosh, what, else, what else is about to happen? Um, yeah. It's just so anticlimactic. And I think that's really my takeaway about Georgia, Florida, and Jacksonville is if there's any reason for it to move, maybe uh, maybe it's just time to change some things up. I don't know. That's just kind of my takeaway from today. It was just kind of – maybe it was all the recruiting news that, that made everything pale in comparison, and we've talked about it so many times. I promise we will talk about every commitment Georgia's picked up since we spoke last, which was Sunday, and three – Guys have committed to the dogs since then, and uh, Jake Roos will be in to talk to us about that. It was just uh, it's kind of a, a no a ho hum news update, and I feel like yeah. that used to be a bigger deal. Yeah, here's, here's, I'll go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, Bob. I was gonna say, here's, here's why I think it is, is because I don't really know that we should have expected anything different here. Um, you know, with the with the, they were under an agreement through 2023. Um, it was, felt like a no-brainer to extend that to 2024 and 2025 to buy them some time. I mean, you know, with the uncertainty of when those renovations are happening, if those renovations are happening um, in Jacksonville, you know, Georgia is going to have to – Georgia and Florida are both going to have to plan around that. Um, you know, that they've got to have some sort of an idea ahead of time um, – you know, that they, that they will be hosting a, you know, rivalry game that they haven't hosted since what, 94, 95. Um, so 30 years. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, I think that I, I really, I, all, all along, I expected the extension to be used um, for 24 and 25 and then if this game was going to move out of Jacksonville, it would happen after that. Um, you know, when, when a new whole completely new contract was, was getting started. Um, and so, you know, this is just kind of a continuation of what was already agreed upon. Um, you know, they had clearly had a 2025 date out there that they had at least mentally, you know, said, Hey, we're going to, you know, keep this game in Jacksonville through that time. Um, but you know, the extension doesn't say, well, there's a, another extension at the end of it for 26 and 27. It's not like they're doing two year deals. So at the end of this, they're going to have to come to a new agreement with Jacksonville, with each other, whoever that may be. Um, you know, and, and we're going to be in a new world of college football at that point. You know, the SEC will yeah. have two new teams, the playoff will have eight new teams. Um, Things, you know, Georgia, Florida won't be on CBS anymore. It'll be on ESPN or ABC or won't be being played at 3.30 in all likelihood. It'll be, you know, a primetime game or a noon game or whatever. Prime. College football is going to look different. Um, so I think that the 24-25 agreement just kind of made sense to keep things status quo as much as possible in a time of change. And it bought them some time to reassess things uh, together. Palmer, it really, Palmer, it really throws off our Taco Lou thing, our post-game Taco Lou. But I want to see this thing played at night. I want to see this thing played at seven thirty. Um, I want to go out. We, and, I think we could hit Taco Lou for lunch, though. Nah, nah, we'd go. We'd hit Taco Lou on Friday night. That's that's how that would work. We just but then we'd have to cut out two dudes. That um, place rocks. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to cut out two dude seafood, but we'd and, hit and Taco we'd still, Lou. We'd still hit the barbecue spot. But, yeah, maybe we hit two dudes for lunch on uh, on um, on Saturday, but uh, mm. missed the Miss Bearded Pig at the alternated or something. But no, I mean it's it. I don't know, man. I, I still think Jacksonville's got some cards to play on this, and 
they double the money, it's going to be hard to turn it down. It's just, I mean, you sit there and, and Cur- you know, listen, you go back and you le- read Kirby's quotes. Wes, I don't know if you've done this. I think you may have. Um, yep. You go back and you read Kirby's quotes, and he does. He mentions the recruiting thing. He also mentions the money. Mm-hmm. And Kirby, um, you know, from what I understand, he makes $10 million a year. Uh, not a big spender of his own money. Big spender of Georgia's money. <laughs> um, loves to spend Georgia's money. Well, uh, what did Georgia lead so, the country in, lead yeah, the conference in? Recruiting spending budgets. money on recruiting. So. Yeah. They also led the country I've, in revenue as well. I've got, um, but I've got Kirby's quote for you if you want me to read it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's do story time with Paul. He said, I wish I had there's, some really music. Cool, "There's really quality <laughs> benefits to both. When it comes down to it, there's a very, very basic element of everything comes back to number one, money, and number two, recruiting and getting good players. I firmly believe that we'll be able to sign better players by having it as a home at home." because we'll have more opportunities to get them on campus. But I also think there's a financial factor that factors into that uh, with the with the game being there and being able to make more money for the university possibly there. You have to weigh both of those and make a really good decision. And Yeah, I mean, we've – Factor that factors, baby. <laughs> factor that factors. <laughs> I read that and I thought, man – Using the double factor, repetitive. baby. <laughs> factor we've, squared. Uh... Palmer, you and I were talking before we hopped on here about the student perspective of this. If it ever did go to home and home, woo, that fall break in, in Georgia, students not going down to St. Simons. It would be yeah. it would be interesting because, you know, and, and like we were saying, you know, for, for those that don't necessarily know, the Georgia <laughs> University of Georgia fall break falls on the Friday, just one day before the game every year um, students make the trek down to St. Simons and enjoy the day on the beach. Um, And, you know, and then make a lot of folks make the trip from St. Simons to Jacksonville. A lot of Georgia fans stay in that St. Simons area to, you know, relive their glory days um, Mm -hmm. and and make that trek as well. Um, Georgia's glory days are never ending right now. Jay, the Braves must the Braves have scored a, yeah. a couple runs. <laughs> little, um, little, Mar- little, little, little O-bomb over here. Little Marcel Zunabom. <laughs> no, Bruce isn't on yet. Bruce isn't on yet for the O-bombs. Yeah, no bomb? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, I mean, it would be interesting because I, you know, as, as somebody that has been to Jacksonville, um, you know, I've, I've never been to Gainesville. Um, I've driven through there and, and you know, stopped at a, Something you know, a gas station, go, or whatever. A, a flash foods. I, I I don't even know what I stopped at. Um, just what some sort of gas station at Gainesville. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, you're not missing much. But no, I mean, it's, would, it's would, really not the best college town. But um, I think it would. But I think it would be cool to experience a game. You'll hang out with all those ACRs down there, as Andy Staples calls them, <laughs> Alachua, Alachua County residents. um i just i I think it would be cool to do something different um you know and and maybe that's that's somebody you know i'm I'm coming from a perspective of you know i'm not from the state of georgia you know i i I didn't grow up in a household of georgia fans um you know really georgia florida is is a relatively new rivalry to me um and and okay we're not gonna feel sorry we're not gonna feel sorry for you because you didn't i don't i don't those awesome things I don't want you to feel sorry. <laughs> if, if there is a reason that Kirby does want to stay in Jacksonville, it's because the dogs have been chomping some gator tail down there. Five and two since Kirby took the job. One of those years was uh, his first season on the job. One of them was COVID. Not making excuses. I'm just saying. It, those it were certainly two pretty makes good it- years for Florida to catch Georgia. It certainly makes it harder if you've got to go into the swamp every year. But on the flip side of things, I really do think it would be an incredible atmosphere to see, um, you know, Florida come into Sanford Stadium, the the not so intimidating, not top five in the SEC Sanford Stadium. Yeah, listen, I I do want it to be played as a home and home at some point. I hope there are some stadium renovations if they do – 
you know, decide to keep this game in Jacksonville. Because, listen, I don't, I don't like making the trip. Now. I flew down there last year, and I'm, you know, Palmer and I were talking about it earlier today. I'm like, man, I'm thinking about going into my own pocket to do it again this year because that, y'all, it sucks. You can't yeah. get out of there fast enough. Yeah, like it sucks so bad. Like I flew out at like six forty-five a.m. last time last year. I mean, did I have a drink in the Delta Sky Club at six forty-five a.m.? You don't have to know. Nobody if you're has. not going down there to watch Georgia beat Florida, if you're a Georgia fan, or play seventy-two holes of golf, it's not. I don't know. I'd want to get out of there pretty quickly too. Yeah. So I mean, I get it, um, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I think playing in Jacksonville, as things stand right now, I think playing in Jacksonville every year is advantageous to Georgia. Um, you know, if if Georgia ever gets, you know, kind of if if Georgia ever kind of slides back a little bit or this thing evens out, I think Florida ends up with a little bit of an advantage. But here's another thing you think about too. Um, you know, Georgia flies out of Athens, they fly in directly into Jacksonville. Florida buses over. Um, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. You end up with a lot of Georgia fans there. Um, I think when Georgia's better, this thing's better for Georgia to be at a neutral side every year. Uh, but that's not always going to be the case. Um, but it, it really does just come down to money, man. It's Would, just going to come yeah. down to money because they make so much already. And then the city of Jacksonville, I, I want to say that the numbers were uh, there's about twelve to $15 million worth of revenue, um, maybe more that flows into Jacksonville for that entire weekend, right? Um, well, Jacksonville's paying each team $1.5 million right now. I think it goes up to $1.75 million next through the extension maybe. Or maybe it's one point seven. It's somewhere in there. The city of Jacksonville comes up with $3, $4 million to pay to these teams, and then plus they split the gate, plus they you know, uh, you know, get the travel expenses. That's another thing too. Folks don't think about it. Georgia pays its own expenses to get down to Gainesville. They pay not a dime to get to mm-hmm. Jacksonville. They get their they get their expenses paid for. They get like a stipend um, that probably they go under and make a little more money on. And uh, listen, it makes the world go round, and that that's a big part of recruiting as well. Um, so I mean, it, it may end up being a drop in the bucket. I don't know. Uh, I just know that I don't really care to go down there every year. I would love to just have like an every other year trip. I can tell you uh, this though. I certainly don't want it going to, you know, any sort of Jacksonville Atlanta deal because I mean, no, it, that's not natural. <clears throat> we don't need and, that. And, and I, I don't feel need like, to ever go into Atlanta again, personally, but, but Atlanta, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, both, both franchises, really strong candidates just move everything to London. I, I think that people would be all right with that. Uh, Rhett Womack, some people would, not everybody. Rhett Womack from work in Brooklyn, Georgia. Rhett's told us that this has been a it's been a tough adjustment for him at work to still make this show, and he is on the clock talking to the to us about the dogs. I appreciate it, Rhett. Uh, guys, we got to talk about it, and uh, it's kind of played out by now, but. Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, speeding tickets, not ideal. Can't hear you, Jake. I was looking where Brooklyn, Georgia is. You can get to Jacksonville from Jacksonville to Athens and vice versa um, somehow by driving through Brooklyn, Georgia. So I'm not sure. I've uh, it's uh, it's it's, it's a little bit southeast of Statesboro. Okay. Yeah, a little bit southeast of Statesboro, kind of between Statesboro and Savannah. Well, if you drive back down, stop by and give Red a high five. Yeah, off of Highway 80. That's awesome. I never knew Brooklyn, Georgia existed. Sorry. You're good. <laughs> Jake, maybe I won't drive. You? Maybe I won't drive 90 and a 45 through Brooklyn, Georgia. Oof. When you pull up a picture of Brooklyn, Georgia on Google Images, it's just a picture of a pond. Yeah, it is. 100%. I mean, Red is working underwater for all we know. Um, Uh, But but we do appreciate it, Red. We appreciate everybody who uh, comments with us, engages with us, and talks about the dog. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for tuning in at work. We we will uh, get to Riddell 
who is a beast, um, when Jake Roos comes on. Promise. Promise. We will talk about some better stories and better news than this. Uh, I'm tired of talking about it. I know y'all are too, but this is the Georgia show, and uh, we can't just ignore it. Um, what's going on, man? What's the solution? I think that's the question really now to ask is, is there a solution? Is it just guys making mistakes? I see the side of it that now that there's been plenty of warnings, now that there's been the come to Jesus meetings about it, um, this, this is a pretty bad look. Yeah. It's pretty tough. And honestly, I really think, you know, based on what I've heard, I think, you know, you're going to see some suspensions out of this um, because I think Kirby's got to do something a little bit different than um, – I personally think Kirby should announce a suspension because what's going to happen here is um, over the summer, if a kid, you know, decides he wants to run 75 and a 50 or a 75 and a 45 and he ends up hurting somebody, um, they are going to get whacked. Not not by the NCAA, but by public perception, ESPN and everybody else, they're going to get crushed. Well, what's I mean, you know that someone in Athens, Clark County, you know, someone on the council, somebody like there's going to be some sort of outcry about this. You know, you you cover small town politics enough. Yeah, somebody's chasing ink right now as far yes. as all that goes. There, Some, is I mean, there, there is a councilman trying his best to get Mark Weiser or to get somebody to to listen to him so that he can say something about something right now, 100%. Yeah, and that's, you know, not that that's going to end Kirby Smart's career, but it's the public perception. Yeah. It's the, the annoyance. It's the fly in the ointment, and it's totally avoidable. Yeah, well, and, and that's why I say Kirby needs to come out and say something because ultimately if somebody gets hurt, you know, before the end of the summer or whatever, then then you're left there looking like you did nothing. You know, th then you're having to say after the fact, well, we ran him. Okay, mm -hmm. man. Um, we handled it internally. Yeah. Well, and, and along those same lines, you know, I, I just don't know that – I mean, sure, if – I mean, as Craig points out, you know, a big loss against UT Martin – you know, if if Marcus Rosemey or Jamon Dumas Johnson or Ra Ra Thomas or Denial Morset or whoever, you know, doesn't play against UT Martin, then we're we're gonna make those connections. Um, just like you know, a lot of us made connections about Ra Ra not seeing the field during G Day. Um, you know, I, he or Javon Bullard not making the trip for Missouri. You know, we yep. we all knew what that was about. Yeah, exactly. And but I just think you're right. I think it's better if it publicly gets announced. It makes a point. Um, and, and it makes a point that you are doing something about it. Um, it, it's not just a, you know, after the fact, well, you know, we handled it internally, like, like we discussed and, um, you know, we're, we don't discuss, you know, those matters with you all, whatever Kirby says, um, you know, it, it doesn't need to be that it needs so somebody needs to be made an example of, do I think that they need to get kicked off the team? No. Um, you know, no, I mean, that, that is a take that's a little too far for me. Uh, yeah. Me too. I wouldn't, be, I, I wouldn't beat Kirby up over it and I wouldn't beat anybody else up over it. Um, simply from the, and we, we've had this, we went round and round on the board about this today, simply for the disrespect factor of like, bringing in guys to educate and talking to you and sitting face to face with you and saying, listen, this is why you, you shouldn't do this. And then them turning around and doing it anyway. Yeah. So that, that factor in and of itself is the one reason why I would not fault Kirby smart one bit for uh, the only thing I would fault Kirby for in this situation really is to learn that, that, you know, they just glossed over it and did nothing, which I know is not going to happen. No, that's not going to so, happen. No yeah. chance. And, and I'm I, honestly, I'm being a little preemptively critical if they just do the internal thing and say nothing, nothing at all. Um, you know, I mean, maybe it's next week at SEC spring meetings. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, that he says something, you know, that, yeah, these guys are, are probably going to be facing some suspensions. You don't have to get specific about it or whatever. But ultimately, this whole, like, we'll handle it internally, um, it can blow up in your face if, if, you know, another one happens and somebody gets hurt. It just can't. Yeah. 
to me, go ahead, Palmer. I was going to say to me, Greg says three games that, you know, Craig, Craig and Greg, um, both say three or four. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I think three is the right number because you look at Georgia's schedule, you know, and, and obviously there's a football factor to this as well. Um, but Kirby you look can't at help who the first three teams are. You know, you look at that's Georgia's a win-win schedule. for him. You win yeah. the public perception, sit him down. Hey, sorry, I, I know it's just UT Martin. You know, not that he has to answer, not that he would answer to anyone about that uh, right. specifically, but, but, but three but, games, pretty stiff, the, and it sends a message. The number, the number three get, makes you miss an SEC game. And I think that that's – I think that sends a message across – um, you know, to these players of, look, you're doing damage to yourself because you're not out there on the field getting to, you know, play. You're not getting out there to, to showcase your talent and you're hurting your team too. Um, and, and I think that if you make, you know, an example, especially of, of you know, guys like Jamon and, and Marcus who are both upperclassmen leaders on, these te- on this team, um, I think if you make an example um, – you know, and, and again, it doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be anything over the top. But I think that action needs to be taken and and that ultimately does fall on Kirby Smart. The Jamon ones, ones is, is that it's a little wonky for me because his it would be deal, pretty. He had a racing deal that I think I think the racing charge got dropped. And it happened. Did it, it happen before? And it preempted yeah. the entire the, the tragedy, you know. So it was, I mean, it was irresponsible, and and you know, it was kind of the tip, but it, it was kind of tip of the iceberg. But you know, I think when you look at Morissette, when you look at Rosamy, you know, those come after the accident, after the additional education, after the efforts to kind of get through to these guys. That yeah, one, that's those that, are that's just so annoying for me, Jake. Yeah. Jake and I. On this issue, you've brought up the fact that, you know, you were a kid once. You had a kid that made some mistakes. I, Palmer, I don't want to speak for you. I, uh, I certainly, you know, wasn't too uh, experienced driving the first time I got a speeding ticket. Um, but then it's that whole that whole element of telling your kid something. Yeah. Specifically. And then seeing him do it again at any age, that's annoying. And I, mean, four, uh, I know Kirby Smart cares old. a lot about these players, man. I mean, I don't know how old your oldest is, Wes. Three? Is that Three. right? Yeah. So look, I'm dealing with this daily. Yeah, you look at him right in the face. You say, don't pick that up. Don't do it. And they don't break eye contact. And pick it up. I mean, they bend yeah. their knees and just hold on to that. <laughs> just staring Jake, at your pupils. Jake does that every day. He's He's like – don't do that, Palmer. Yeah, <laughs> right in his face. It's not unlike that. I know where Palmer lives too. He's doing some dangerous stuff. <laughs> Nathan Johnston asks uh, the age-old question right hey. now: Is NIL ruining college athletics? It seems like we're seeing the consequences of kids in all caps, eighteen to twenty-two, getting their hands on so much money. I don't know, man. No, these guys had fast cars. Uh, these guys had fast cars before NIL, and there were brownies on spring break. There were uh, yeah downtown Athens. I mean, it's I mean, just it's, diff- different it's stuff. A, it's a contributing factor, Nate. It really is. And shout out to Nate too. Nate's Nate's good people. I know Nate. I know uh, I know his folks. Um, I enjoy conversating with Nate from time to time. He is he is a good dude, uh, and and a very good sports guy too. He uh, he is um, he's he's got his uh, he's got his own thing going. Um, and, uh, he's awesome. So, uh, but I, I don't think it's ruining it, but that is a definitely contributing factor. I mean, um, when you put, you know, when you put 500, 400, you know, 600 horsepower under the hood and Jalen Carter's case, I think almost 800 horsepower or 700, it's hard, man. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I drove, I had a Chevy Silverado 1995 with a, with a 350 engine in it whenever I first started driving. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I used to get on those back roads when there was nobody there, hit a long straightaway. I drove so fast one time that the bed liner, the plastic bed liner flew out of my truck. <laughs> it didn't, but, I mean, it, that's, that's how it was. Um, so I'm not, I'm not judging these guys for what they're doing, but um, I also never, 
you know, I was 16 and I also never, um, you know, had a, a, somebody come and sit down with me or had a scholarship on the line or, or lost a friend to a bad accident a few months before. I never got two tickets in eight days. Um, yeah. You know, all of that. I mean, there, at some point you got to get through to them. And I think a suspension is what's going to do that. And I think is a cover your ass move. Sorry for the language there, but I think it's a CYA move for Kirby Smart. You need to come out and say something about what you're going to do about it. That way, if something bad happens, you can say, you know, we, you know, we, we've addressed it. And, yeah. and I know yeah. it's not just a Georgia issue either. I, um, I mean, I think if you went by, you went and pulled speeding tickets from every county in America and, you know, went through with your little highlighter and, and you know, highlighted every college football player that's gotten a, you know, gotten a speeding ticket, you would run into some pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. But, but, but also to go back to Nate's original point about the NIL is that, you know, for every story we see like this, we also see, you know, Micah Morris being able to pay for his dad's dialysis, Dan Jackson being able to pay for his scholarship. So there are not a scholarship, but for his school. But, you know, for every good or for every bad NIL, um, you know, effect of it, there there's a good story as well. Palmer's trying to land an NIL deal of his own. Jay Martin, 24, uh, asking us what the best case scenario for the defensive line and offensive line is in recruiting. We will get to that. But first, we are going to get to the threads on Jake Rowe right now. Yeah, baby. Look first time I get the model for the first time. Let me get Marcus Rosemary Jack Saints name off the screen. All right. I, I'm, I've got a mirror thing going on, so I don't know if I'm turning right or turning No, left. you're good. I'm Eric Zoolander. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone can see the shirt. Yeah. Philadelphia Dogs. Uh, Jake, that is from – I don't know, man. Come get it. <laughs> I'm playing golf with you on Saturday. I'll bring it. Let's go. I'll bring it. <laughs> from our friends at Breaking Tea, um, depending on which golf course you're playing at, this apparel may be allowed. It may, <laughs> it may just be an undershirt. We'll leave that up to you to decide. Look at that. The back-to-back with Stetson is sold out. That's the first time I've noticed that. Because my, my dude down in, down in St. Mary's, Georgia, had it tucked into his jeans, and I told people about it, and they sold out immediately. I really do like everything about that shirt. I, I hate that it's sold out. <laughs> it, it is, it's a cool shirt, man. Yeah. It's a cool shirt. Have the folks in LA started buying Stetson shirts? They could. Uh, I think I think Stetson had a pretty good first meeting with the LA media today, and that's not the toughest media market, but it's not it's not easy on you either. Um, my, my man Stetson's hair. I listen. He looks like he's getting ready for his bat mitzvah, dude. There is a Stetson <laughs> effect here. You're right. You're right, Jake. He does. He, t- he t- totally does. It's like a j- little John Favreau look. I mean, I don't even know if John Favreau is Jewish, but every Stetson shirt is sold out. Have they? St- huh. Have they? St- Stetson huh. got his contract. He got his contract, and he bought them all. Yeah, that's what happened. Like I- I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little angry that Brock Bowers shirts aren't sold out. Everybody, because everybody knows how I feel about Brock Bowers. Right. Well, we just need to buy them up then. Anyways, uh, there still are some really good shirts to pick from over at Breaking Tea, and there's a link in this episode description. Uh, and in every episode description, whether you are watching on YouTube live on replay uh, or listening on podcast via Apple or Spotify, check out Breaking Tea for your next Georgia shirt. All right. Um, Let's just sit here in silence until Roosh joins us. No, I, I wish we could. I wish Get we here. could. <laughs> he he might have gotten shanked by by method. He tends to <laughs> he tends to show up right when we start talking about him. Uh, but, can we do it like can we say his name three doing times. Candyman or Bloody Mary? You know, yeah. just just shakers, shakers, shakers. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. It might work. Um, Ro, you had a, a an interesting take today. About uh, Georgia's offense, yeah, uh, and, and what they're doing to recruit it and build it and fortify it, and uh, it all starts with the tight end position right now. And 
there, there's no denying when you look at college football from top to bottom in this country and in any other country where they happen to play it, Georgia's tied in university. And yeah. that's pretty special because yeah, they got it. They got a stud. They got an absolute stud today in Jaden Riddell. Um, I was talking with uh, I was talking with somebody that that I love talking ball with because I know they get it, and uh, they they were talking about Jaden Riddell and some of the things that maybe he brings to the table that Brock Bowers doesn't, and I tend to agree with it. With with Brock Bowers, you get an, a freak explosive athlete. Listen, that his his gate, the way he runs, the way he moves is that first wonky. step is, is wonky. just is, like dynamite. It is. It's dynamite. But listen, he runs. He runs like he's got an armload of groceries, and he's trying to get them to mom before her di- diabetic coma kicks in. You know what he kind of runs like? He kind of runs like a player on NCAA football. Like a video <laughs> yeah, game. he does a little bit. He doesn't look like he's going anywhere, but he's moving. There's just it's just elbows, and it it looks funky. Um, Jaden Riddell is a is a really smooth. Um, graceful athlete who I think is a better before the catch tight end guy. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that's going to separate um, and and separate with quickness. I think he brings a lot to the table. And 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 you know, the guy I talked to said, "Hey, he's not losing any foot races either. Um, he, he's a stud, man. He's he's a big time tight end. This is a huge get for Georgia, especially after losing Landon Thomas. I really like the duo that Georgia has at tight end um, with Colton Heinrich." And uh, and Jaden Riddell at this point, I uh, got those two in three days. But my point today, um, you would go back to the 2018 class that ultimately this the group that they signed at the top of this class ended up being kind of a disaster. Um, there he is. But you'd have to go back to the 2018 class to find, you know, look, to look at Georgia's top five recruits and see, you know, a majority of offensive players. And uh, right now you've got that. And, um, you know, for, for the first time, I think maybe ever under Kirby Smart, uh, and, and some might say this is good, some might say this is bad. I think it's I think it's good because I think this is where Georgia needs shoring up more than anything. You're looking at skill guys. Why is he making that face? Man? I don't know. You can't do that to somebody, though. You can't just you can't just flash that in front of somebody. I mean, he looks like he's it, he's eyes the reason why it's happening, though. He is, he looks, dude. He's a beast. He's he looks absolutely like he's making eyes. Like uh, across the bar. You know? All right, he's, he's a beast. He's a good man. He, he is a good dude. He deserves he deserves interview. all the good things. That right there catches you off guard every all time. All right, sorry, Dell uh, back so, up. Uh, but you know, I mean, you look at Georgia's top five recruits as a quarterback, it's a wide receiver, it's a tight end. And, um, is there's no running back, there's no offensive lineman in there. Um, and, and, and I don't think you're going to end up with an offensive lineman top five in this class. There aren't many that could be top five in Georgia's class this year. Um, just from a ranking standpoint, there aren't even possibilities. So ultimately, um, I like what Georgia's doing on offense. I really do. I mean, and I think they're obviously going to recruit defense really well. I'm not worried at all about the lines of scrimmage because they got a they got a tackle commit that I really like this week as well. Um, Georgia's on a roll right now. For my man Matthew C over here, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained after this big recruiting weekend? I love you, dude. Uh, Jake Roos, welcome in. We just started talking about this. You have impeccable timing as always. Um, this tight end thing, man, 5, 10, 15 years ago, you say a school's tight end you, like who cares? You know, that's, that's good for you unless you're, you know, Miami. But Georgia is getting some freaks, man. It's almost like that uh, that NBA mentality of getting positionless players. Yeah, And a lot of these guys are like hybrid Wide receiver, running back, tight end, just fast as hell dudes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that, um, you know, they they continue to recruit the position. They continue to develop the position. I mean, like you said, Georgia's tight end you. Uh, they've really taken over, it feels like, at linebacker to some degree with Glenn, under Glenn Schumann and uh, what they've done there. I mean, you know, they're, put, they're pumping guys out on the defensive front. Uh, 
it's I mean, things are things are going really well right now is uh, really the only way to say it. But, you know, I agree with Jake, too, that uh, what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball is a little bit uncharacteristic. But I think it's really advantageous for them over the course of the long term. You know, they're going to be able to uh, to get those defensive those defensive guys. I, I feel confident in that. Um, you know, they're going to get their fair share. And that's honestly where those guys um, th- that's where those guys thrive to some degree, you know, uh, Kirby Smart's going to thrive in evaluations for those positions. So I think you're smart to go ahead, stock your cupboards with your offensive guys early on. And then, you know, focus as you go into the season. Once those guys, I mean, not that there's any kids out there necessarily doubting what George is doing, but the opportunity to put it all on paper and, and see it once again, put in front of you, I think is going to be big for a lot of these defensive guys come official visits this fall. I am. I'm doubting Georgia. <laughs> you're just trying to make Kirby's. You're just trying to make Kirby's uh, re- uh, recording at the eight end of the year, five. Right? Yeah, yeah. Contrarian Palmer um, with, a, with a Gator Bowl loss. I told Palmer all last year feels like a Sugar Bowl season, like all the way up until like game eight. I mean, I was like, yeah, it feels like a Sugar Bowl this year. Um, I'm going to say that again this year, except I feel like it feels like a Sugar Bowl. Mm. That would mean playoff. Yeah, that would mean the CFP. So let's talk about the other guy, Dylan Brooks, with somewhat of a comparison to Rob Gronkowski that I I agree with, I think. Uh, I think if you're looking at what you got right now on George's roster, it's like Riddell's more the Brock Bowers and Heinrich's more the Oscar Dell. I could see that, yeah. I think that that's probably a fair way to put it. Um they're going to get heavy metal poison for all this mullet. They're going to end up. I had, um, <laughs> yeah, a ginger, a ginger mullet, man. That's between strong. between I, him and if they get Sammy Brown and you know Tate Rattler sticks ooh. around another year, oh, Jake Roos perusing the sidelines, just mullet <laughs> everywhere. Um, the peroxide dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, no, I think that um, you know the Heinrich pickup is is a very interesting one. Um, you know, I think that he's George is clearly a lot higher on him than the rankings would show. And I had a chance actually to uh, speak to one of his seven on seven coaches the other day, who uh, is the defensive coordinator at Chaminade Madonna. Um, so uh, he uh, he was talking about working with Colton, and uh, I said, you know, from an opposing coach's standpoint, what do you see in this kid? And he was like, man, he just does it all. He said he comes about it the right way, and he really just does it all. He um, you know, I, I said, you know, I think that he's a guy that people will think of as maybe like a chain mover, uh, you know, a third a guy you turn to on third down. And he said, look, if you need him to do that, he can. But if you uh, if you sleep on him, he's going to go over top of you, too. He's good, um, man. Yeah. He's I'm, I'm watching his highlights right now and very impressed. Yeah. So. Yeah. When I pull huddle up, it looks uh, glitchy on the replay. So I just I just didn't pull it up tonight. Yeah. But uh, I, I encourage you all to. um I encourage y'all to watch his huddle, man. And you're going to have to scroll down because everything at the top of his page is basketball. Unless you want to watch him hoop, he's good at that too. Now, let me tell you something about this too. Now, something that some context that needs to be had down there at Cardinal Gibbons. All right. Colton Heinrich is not playing against sisters of the poor. No. Okay. He's down there playing against studs. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about dudes and ballers. I and, saw American I mean, Heritage right here, and yeah, yeah, he's he's it's it's a real deal division. There's no question about yeah, it. And I mean, those, those dudes get off the bus, they get eat up by Skeeters, and then they run four twos. <laughs> and he's and playing, he's playing, uh, he's playing seven on seven for DefCon, which is like one of the great seven on seven programs out there too. That's uh, a seven on. That's the name of a seven on seven yeah, team. Def, DefCon. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you got a brand, dude. It's, yeah. It's still everywhere. not the best. The best one is the Louisiana bootleggers. Bootleggers. The bootleggers is great. I don't even know if the, I don't even know if Dante uh what was that kid's name? Dante, Dante Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, Dante Jackson old Jimmy Details down there leading those boys. Um, I don't know if he I don't know if the boys sounds like an episode play. of the Sopranos. Yeah, the fact that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does kind of does kind of yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the boys ever really understood what bootleggers meant, but uh <laughs> um, but it was it was they called it they called each other boot the bootleggers because they played for the boot um yeah. down in uh um I'm not Canadian by the way, but uh they the uh they played for the state of Louisiana, but yeah, bootleggers was always one of my favorites. Absolutely, man. All right, now let's get to this fella. 
boy, I got a guy that not a lot of people know a lot about. I just um, my collarbone's broken. Look at that guy, dude. He looks huge. I mean, if you he could play a rush, he could play like a Russian henchman. There's no speaking way. of the Sopranos, man. He looks like Anthony Jr. <laughs> he looks like he looks like that dude in the in the episode where they lost the Russian in the woods. Yeah, yeah, Pine Barrens. Like. Yeah, Pine Barrens. That's he's huge, is. man. Six, I need clavicle surgery right now from that photo. Six, seven and a half, three thirty-five from. At, I don't know how to pronounce that. Athol, New York. Basically he, Buffalo. He's he's, he's Buffalo. the son. He's the okay. son of that Russian. Yeah, he he's broken some tables before. Yes, the he's, Russian uh, in the Pine Barren episode ended up getting to northern uh, upstate New York and raising a family, and this kid is his kid. Yeah, <laughs> the kid's a which, bit of a, is, it's a totally way, different I'm, show when Rusty's not on. and i mean that in the best way possible like you get two different kind of vibes i feel like we're on our best behavior a little bit more when rusty's on i'm loving the sopranos references as somebody that's uh in season five all right we won't spoil it for you he uh so this kid this kid's a sasquatch man he's hard to track down he doesn't do a lot of interviews doesn't talk a lot doesn't give a lot of quotes very difficult guy. So what I damn Sasquatch. (laughs) I reached out to uh, his coach and got really good, uh, some really good information on Harrison. I encourage people to go read that uh, piece. I was pretty proud of how that one turned out. Um, He gave some really eye-opening stuff. Also, if you haven't read the one I did with Colton Heinrich's mom, go read that one, uh, which is, what was the quote she said? I want to make sure I get it right. She said, Georgia checks all the boxes. It was like everything they're doing is exactly what you want for your son or something like that. Absolutely everything they're doing is what you want for your son. What a I mean, that's that's some strong, some strong wording. And she um, tweeted that Colton's locked it down. She's a uh, former basketball coach and his dad is in law enforcement and actually like showed up on the canine unit uh, at one of the school shootings down there a few years ago. Like Everything about his upbringing is, you know, by the book. Yeah. And doesn't seem like there's going to be too many recruiting games played with him. So by the time he gets, I imagine he'll get a bump in his recruiting status. And once Georgia fans see his film and see how special this kid is, man, this is a crazy week, (laughs) not just for tight ends, but for Georgia in general. And it all comes on the heels of that scavenger hunt weekend. And we said that it felt like, no, I didn't say that, Craig Lawson. Uh, it felt like that weekend could be something that we talk about for a long time. Yeah. Even the guys who didn't commit, you planted seeds that you'll see grow um, for months to come. And, you know, you have a guy like Jeremiah Smith on campus. How does that play into it? It was his official visit. I'm always a big fan, like I've said on the show before, that uh, you want either, in my mind, the first or the last. Official visit. You either want to set the stage for the rest of them, or you want to be the closer. And uh, you know, Georgia getting the opportunity to host Smith and have him there for it, I think, uh, can can really pay off for him in the long term. I'm not saying he's going to flip, but I think that any positive momentum that they have with him right now uh, stems heavily back to that weekend. Um, but Harrison, this Harrison kid's really interesting. Um, I mean, like I said, not a guy you know a lot about. Uh, kind of keeps to himself, but uh, boy. In a down in what's considered a down year nationally for offensive line to go find a body like that and to uh, to get a chance to see him in person and host him and pull him from Buffalo, New York, uh, I think that there's there's a lot to be said for the the job they did with him. I, I'm told a few little pieces, little inside nuggets here. Um, I am told that of the three guys that committed have committed in three consecutive days, um, Tate Ratledge and Austin Blasky spent the most time around them. By the way, I didn't bring up Jaden Riddell in terms of mullets Mullet. a minute ago. He also has an epic one, maybe the best one of the whole crew. Feathered, uh, very feathered. Yeah, T- Tate Ratledge and, and Austin Blasky spent a lot of time with those guys. Um, and again, I brought this up. These were two of the guys, just two of the ones that were summoned back to Athens from you know spending time with family. Uh, and neither one of them lives like right down the road either, mind you. So um, they came back, got it done. Those two deserve some major kudos, among some other players. I'm not sure exactly sure who else was there, but I knew that both of those guys were coming. Secondly, um, Roos, one of the biggest pieces of info 
the, one of the most intriguing pieces of info that I was able to gather on Marcus Harrison was when I spoke to Casey Poe yesterday. Uh, Roos and I kind of had to team up to get Casey Poe on the phone, um, who is one of the top interior offensive linemen in the country, who George is also maybe recruiting to play tackle. You know, we can really spin a web there. Uh, he's on the Ernest Green path, it seems like, from what I'm hearing. Um, that he 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 basically spent a lot of time with Marcus Harrison too, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, dude, uh, did you get a sense that that was coming?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, I did." Uh, it came down to Georgia and Wisconsin, um, which Wisconsin really wasn't up there on that list, and um, we don't have as big of a Wisconsin presence um, uh, on our site right now, so uh, <laughs> yeah. we didn't we didn't have uh, we didn't have that covered really. There wasn't even an offer in the system at the time, so I did have to put that in there, um, and I saw that you know he had reported one on Twitter. Uh, but listen, man, you know, to me, like I'm sitting here, I'm watching that kid's film. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the big, you know, not quite, but maybe a little bit Wu-Tangy W on the side of the helmet. And I'm thinking to myself, that's the kind of cat that you're looking at here in about four years, maybe five. Um, he's getting his name called on Sunday and you're like, oh my God, he looks like he's going to murder somebody maybe tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's that that's the kind of guy Marcus Harrison Jesus Christ. Uh that's scary. But yeah, he's I, I I if you go watch this film, you'll see what I'm talking about. That kid looks like he has bad intentions, dude. He does. Yeah, dude. He looks mean. <laughs> I'm like he looks mean, dude. And he moves and he moves incredibly well. Um he, he's really he, he's a he's a dynamic run blocker right now. Um, he's going to have to learn how to pass pro, but you know, Stacy Searles is good at teaching that. Um, you know, Stacy Searles works with young offensive linemen extremely well. I mean, he's done a really good job of that throughout his career. Um, I like Marcus Harrison. I, I think he's a guy that has a chance to rise up the rankings. And even if he doesn't, Georgia's going to trust the sea valves because guys, when you recruit like Georgia does and you take commitments, I don't care if they're three stars or not in May. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They're not three stars to Georgia. Well, Georgia knows they can string – they know they can string that kid along right there for a little while if they didn't really, really want to take him. Sure. They want to take him. Yeah, and Rusty mentioned, too, that going into the weekend, the kid was a take. Then he got to campus, and they were like a 1,000% question yeah. about it i mean he was a take before he even arrived and then he got on there and they said you know his coach said huh six foot eight with a seven foot wingspan i mean yeah yeah 84 inch wings yeah and uh coach said uh coach made a point to say that uh his chest is bigger than his belly which you don't <laughs> see all the time so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why i'll always think of ben cleveland when somebody says that oh man yeah one of these days, I'll have to tell my first time I saw Ben Cleveland's story. It's it's such a good one. Sounds like a bark after dark. Why wait? Yeah, it sounds like bark after dark for sure. Yeah, I'd love to see Stacy Searles up in upstate New York, just uh, culture clashing up there, doing his job, doing his thing, getting I've this guy this, on the hook. I've just got this vision of of Marcus Marcus. What's his last name? Harrison. 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 Yeah, Mar the, the Marvin Harrison thing really really throws me off on him. Yeah, uh, the Marcus Harrison uh, taking him into Buffalo or something, getting some wings, and Stacy Searles, you know, challenging him to eat the hot one. Stacy rubs his eye, and it just gets out of whack. You know, it's just like, oh God, my Jesus! This 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 Harrison kid looks like he would just dump the sauce into his own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Right before the game, like that. Yeah. Albert, was that John Henderson? Yeah, the John Henderson slap. Hell slapped out of him. Yeah. Come on, Bob. <laughs> All right, let's let's land this Chinook. Uh, chopping wood. I'm going to chop wood about uh, Stetson Bennett's first impression in L.A. And I'm not pulling up the whole press conference, but uh, I'll put a link to it in the description here, Stetson Bennett and Matthew Stafford in the same press conference. What's not to love from a Georgia perspective there, but it's cool to see the, uh, 
two generations of dogs. Matthew Stafford pretty self-deprecating about how old he is. And Stetson Bennett learning a lot from Matthew Stafford. And uh, he's a pretty self-deprecating guy, too, talking about how much he has to learn and how much he's uh, just trying to hang on in camp right now. But we haven't heard from Stetson in a little while. And getting to hear from him on the job as a rookie was uh, pretty refreshing, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, and a good break from all this recruiting news because we got to come up for air somehow. So check it out. Uh, did you know uh, Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw played high school together? <laughs> Heard that. Heard that time or two. <laughs> and Jake Fromm went to the college or Little League World Series. Yeah, I heard that too. That's crazy. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> um, people, people also forget that uh, Dylan Raiola's dad was Matthew Stafford's center. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're gonna hear a lot of. No, no way. You're no. you're joking that's, there. With us. That's one where we are going to hear a lot of. Um, yeah. right, I want to. Uh, are we chopping wood or are we doing dog yeah. stuff? I forget. Chopping wood. That's why it says it right below your name, Jake. Okay, sweet. Oh. <laughs> I want to chop some wood. I want to chop some wood. You know, because I brought up that uh, that group of uh, of offensive players that's in the top five players for Georgia in this class, and the one guy that didn't get mentioned is Moultrie's own Nye Carr. Mm. All right, I got a chance to watch him work out on Saturday. Some time has passed. And uh, after putting out an observations piece, and I just want to share with Georgia fans, um, I think he's legit, man. I think he, I think Georgia has, he's one of Georgia's top five commitments in this class right now. I don't think it'll probably, it may not end that way. Um, he's, he's not a super big guy. He's like 5'11", 5'10". He's super long, giant hands. Um, he is a, he is a specimen and he is explosive. Um, he's a guy that because he committed early, uh, provided Georgia holds on to him and everything points to them doing that. Cause he is Landon Thomas's teammate. Landon Thomas went to Florida, is committed to Florida state. I think he's a guy that's going to get overlooked and folks are going to talk about other people and they're going to talk about, uh, Ryan Wingo. They're going to talk about, you know, JJ Smith, whether Georgia gets him or they don't. And they're going to talk about. Um, the cat from Parkview, um, Mike Matthews. Matthews. But that dude right there, he's a football player. And I am very, very interested to see uh, what happens when he gets to Georgia because I think if he stays healthy, um, he's going to have a very, very successful Georgia football career. The guy he reminds me of, he's a tad bit smaller in terms of, in terms of stature, but he's, he possesses more length. He reminds me a lot of Lab McConkey. He's, he's very explosive that way and very twitchy smaller that way. Lad? And I think he's very, very – do what now? Smaller than Lad? In terms of shorter. I think he's shorter, a little, maybe a little bit shorter than Lad, who's probably maybe 5'11 and a half, six feet. I think my car may be 5'10 and a half, 5'11. Lad's taller than you think because when he's <laughs> on the field with all those huge yeah. But he, he reminds me players. of Lab McConkey. Also, another guy he reminds me of, and, and Roos is going to like this one because I know how I know how much you like this guy. Uh, being kind of a five eleven guy with extreme length, he reminds me of Chris Chambers. Oh man, I knew you were going to say Chris yeah. Chambers. I, I Chris love Chambers, Chris Chambers, dude. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Chambers played at Wisconsin, stud wide out. Played with the Dolphins, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Chris Chambers and the Chargers. Yeah, had a nice little run there. Um, really good college wideout, and he reminds me a little bit of Chris Chambers in that. He's, way. This kid's got like Mickey Mouse hands too. He does, dude. He's he had on those white hands. gloves. He had on those white gloves, and I don't know if you can accurately see it in the photos of him. Yes. Yeah, but but I'm telling you, man. I, I mean, I think hi, Mickey. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, dude. I, was, I almost took my daughter over to meet him. I, his uh, <laughs> his coach told us. Uh, his coach told me when he committed. <laughs> That uh, you know, he's like you said, he's like five ten ish. Um, his coach told me he wears double XL gloves. Jeez, just gigantic hands on the just underclapping mitts, man. Yeah, thunderclap, absolutely. <laughs> God, I love Chris Chambers. I'm so glad you mentioned him. He looked, his hands look like those uh, those things you used to get out of the vending machine, looked quarter turn oh, deals, and slap you, slap things, yeah, yeah, yeah. giant thing on the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, I'll chop wood next. I was planning on talking about Stetson and Stafford, um, <laughs> but it's fine because I've got something else, uh, but I encourage you to go check out the piece I wrote about those two today. Um, 
tomorrow we'll be down at the uh, UGA Athletic Association board meeting. Um, I know Jake is happy to hear that. Um, we'll be hearing from Josh Brooks, Jerry Moorhead. Um, so excited to hear um, what they've got to say about Georgia, Florida. Um, you know, I, I think there's probably going to be some discussion about baseball coach and what the future looks like there. Obviously, facilities. Um, you know, think, think that there's obvious. There's always a lot of topics. Um, SEC scheduling um, with spring meetings coming up. And those two, um, plus Kirby and, and Mike White, headed down there. So there's a, a, always a lot of topics to talk about with uh, with Josh and, and Jerry. Um, so excited to hear from those two. Can Josh you imagine? and Jerry over here, just <laughs> first name basis Palmer, just uh, my man Jerry over there. How you doing, buddy? Sounds like a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> Josh and Jerry. Yeah, absolutely. Weekdays with Josh and Jerry. If if the Strickland change does happen can you imagine being that baseball coach that has to uh come in and contend with kirby smart trying to claim every inch of territory up lumpkin street i'm here to bring in jimmy leland <laughs> he's gonna be fire, he's gonna be smoking darts in the dugout yeah <laughs> that'd be a culture change all right Rove, take us or roost sorry mountain jake neither one whatever don't care um all right so i guess for me tonight i'm gonna chop wood uh, about that guy we talked about earlier, and that's uh, Todd Hartley. And, man, you talk about, you know, Jake's mentioned this on the board before. I don't know if we talked about it here, though. He was one of those guys that was kind of a little derided when he was hired because people were like, oh, it's a Rick carryover. Oh, this could never work. You know, where's where's he coming from? You know, how does this guy fit in? All the guy has done since he's been there is reshaped the face of the room and made Georgia into tight end you. He's developing the best. He's getting the guys drafted. He's recruiting the best. The guy is just flat out aces. And I think that Georgia is so lucky to have Todd Hartley on staff, man. I think that he loves that university about as much as anybody you'll find on that coaching staff. And that's Kirby Smart included. I think that Todd Hartley is a guy that Georgia is so lucky to have. I think he's doing a fantastic job. And uh, I think that, you know, as long as he's in control of that position, I don't see that train slowing down, man. I really don't. I think that Georgia's offense is built for it. I think he's recruiting it uh, perfectly, and I think that uh, it's just a win all the way around. The funniest thing I saw today about the Jaden Rattel commitment was uh, from Andrew Bone over at our Alabama site, and he said, well, uh, on the good side of things, Georgia is done recruiting tight ends this year. So, <laughs> now, and, and they've already got number one for next year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just that, like I said, there's no signs of stopping under Todd Hartley, and I think that they're uh, going to continue to do that. Very good, gentlemen. This has been fun. Uh, I'll let Jake Rowe get back to the Braves game. <laughs> and uh, I hope you all have a uh, great weekend. We're back here at 8.30 p.m. on Sunday. Palmer won't be, though. He'll be having a responsible time <laughs> at a concert. Doing zero drugs. <laughs> y'all hit like and subscribe yeah. and check us out at dogshq.com um we didn't even tell you all the best stuff because this channel is free dogs hq costs you 100 pennies so go over and six check months. it out for six months you're going to hear everything about what's popping next what we're hearing on guys that were on campus today uh rusty dropped a hint chad simmons dropped a hint about commits that could be coming up soon. I mean, it's just, it doesn't stop. It does not stop. So join us over there at dogshq.com for a dollar, uh, and we'll catch you back here on the Georgia Show, 8.30 p.m. on Sunday. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.